I hate this mic stand. Elon Musk. So what I would say, um, you know, I'm focused on 2022, uh, but with Elon Musk, what I would say is, you know, I welcome support from African-Americans. What can I say? This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck? I think Mr. DeSantis listens to this show. It's Governor DeSantis, Charlie. I can call him Mr. Here you go with your Mr. thing, like he's Ron Paul or something. (laughs) I think Ron. I will never forget the time you called him Mr. Paul to his face. I know Ron, okay? We go back. Way back. Way Way back. Okay. Ron DeSantis, that is. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so... Is it just a thing with Rons? (laughs) I think That you have? Okay. Anyway, I think he listens to the show because you've been talking about Elon Musk being the only African-American... Oh, he's the richest person in the world. And he's African-American. I know. Yeah. I don't think that gets enough credit. I think think Ron's been listening to the show for a while. Yeah. And we appreciate him listening. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, come on, you're welcome to come on. I know he's been too scared to ask, right. but uh, he, you are Ron, buddy, pal. You are welcome to come on sometime. Now, of course, uh, this has been trending. Oh, hey, by the way, what's up, everyone? Nate, Charlie here. Welcome to Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So make sure you smash that follow button. Every day I try to say that faster. And uh, I think I've maxed out. I'm pretty are sure. You, are you going for like the radio ad? I guess voice? so. Yeah. I'm trying to do my inner Ben Shapiro. Yeah. impression uh you know that didn't go over all that well on twitter or it went over really i thought it was hilarious what he said i saw it all over tiktok like immediately afterwards yeah so uh south africa was trending apartheid was trending musk is trending DeSantis is trending all that stuff afterwards and all the fun debates on whether or not musk is in fact an african-american which i get it he's not of native african ancestry Okay, we we know that. We we know the difference. He is in fact from Africa though. He was born. He's literally from in, Africa. On the continent yeah. of Africa. I mean, that's more than a lot of other people can say. Even people who are African Americans. You know? He it's was true. actually from there. Yeah, he's he's from that place. <laughs> my my wife's sister is currently in South Africa. Oh yeah. She's in vet school. So she's over there talking about elephants and stuff. She's over there you know, working on those animals. There, I've told this story before, but there was a time where I did not know that South Africa was a country. And I met a guy one time, and I asked him where he's from. He said, South Africa. And I said, oh, what country? And he was like, South Africa. And you learned. <laughs> and I learned. I didn't have to tell that story just then, by the way. Mm-mm. But it's important for everyone to remember that I am human. <laughs> and I do make mistakes. Every now and then. <laughs> Okay, what are we talking about today? Speaking of, I should pull the notes up more than likely, get the show notes going. We got a few videos that we're going to be playing. Um, we've the got market's so- doing well. Market looks great it's, if you're short. Yeah, really good if you're short. So I, I recommend. Uh, well, I can't recommend being short right now. It feels a little bit late to the party, but of course I've been telling myself that for the last couple months now, <laughs> and should have just <laughs> stayed short the whole time. Uh, but no, no, that's not the. Uh, not the case. Uh, we're not bouncing yet. We're we're not quite over. We're down another three and a half percent right now for the S and P five hundred. 
Woo, 4.3% 4, 4 for the NASDAQ. That's a lot. That's a pretty good amount. Mm. Even after the Fed came out and said everything was going to be okay yesterday. That's weird. They said it was going to be fine. And for a second there, it looked like everything was going to be fine. But Charlie knew better. That's why he went short yesterday on the market and held that overnight. I went long on, and held that overnight. There was a battle between the it, two. It was a battle between the two of us. He won this one, but I will win the war <laughs> for sure. And so anyway, if you're... You can find that out on MasterMyTrade.com. <laughs> if you're if you're wondering who's the better trader, it's uh it's me. He just happened to win today. Uh, but anyway, the market heading down quite hey, a bit. A blind hamster on, finds it's human every now and then. Yes, as they say. Uh, one of the reasons new housing starts down fourteen point four percent month over month. Ain't nobody build nothing. Month over month, down fourteen point four percent. Woo, that's quite a bit. The projected number, the estimate from all the really smart people out there was down was that it would be down 1.5%. That's a little more than 10 times. It's a that's <laughs> more than crazy. Expected. Crazy. Yeah. So, uh anyway, if you're that's looking why I think lumber's down 50%. That's um, good. Yeah, lumber crashed back down essentially. Uh, all the different things are, yeah, coming back down. You know, everyone wants the prices to go down. The, they've gone up a bunch. And and clearly that's been tough. Um, when things go back down, it's going to be tough on everyone as well because then you're going to see a lot of people losing their jobs and a even tougher time for the market. So what's likely going to happen is we'll overall adjust to this new level of inflation. It'll become a baseline for us, uh, similar to the way we have after all the other times. It's not like our prices are going to go back down to a to five cents for a loaf of bread. If we fix the, if we fix our monetary system or anything, if bread were to cost five cents, that would be really bad. Just, just so everyone knows. Well, it's not impossible for that. It's, to happen. it's not. Uh, it, At that point, bread's that, going to cost a roll of toilet paper. That would be that would be like the uh, the basically the entire financial collapse and basically <clears throat> starting over. Yeah, we yeah. would have to go back to something like a gold standard, much like Russia did, by the way, when they pegged their ruble to the gold standard recently. Uh, other thing I wanted to mention from yesterday before we get into all the stuff that's in the show, uh, now we're going to be talking about COVID a little bit today. Do you guys remember COVID? That's a thing. Uh, so we'll be talking about COVID just a little bit. We got a couple videos in here uh, that I think are worth playing pertaining to Supreme Court stuff. Uh, energy policy as well. There's a really good clip from CNN of all places uh, from yesterday. And then we've got an article that I really wanted to make fun of today from the New York Times. So we'll talk a little bit about mass hysteria, which uh, which people are on the right are experiencing mm. right now. Mm. This is uh, mass hysteria. So we'll go through all those different things today. First, you one, know, by the way, Elon Musk now has the most liked tweet in all of human history. Oh, yeah. Do you know which one that is? Speaking of the South American. Mm hmm. Uh, it is the fact that his next venture was going to be buy, to buy Coke and put cocaine back in it. That's now the most liked tweet out of any tweet in the Twitterverse. What's the um, NFT price on that tweet? I don't you know. Think? Probably nothing. <laughs> well, oh. yeah, it's worth nothing now. <laughs> so one thing we were, we did White Pill Wednesday yesterday, and there was one thing that Charlie tried to stop us from talking about 
that I wanted to make sure we mentioned. If you ever go to, if you're, if you're ever heading out to Washington, okay, if you're going out there uh, to to see all the monuments and all that good stuff, there's now Victims of Communism Museum, and I don't. That's that's great. Who funded this? The so, Koch brothers? Little, <laughs> <laughs> probably the Koch brothers. Yeah, which is yeah. fine. Or I guess the Koch brothers. It's dedicated to commemorating the more than 100 million victims of communism around the world and those pursuing freedom from totalitarian regimes. So they go through all the they go through Lenin and Stalin, Marxism, all this stuff, and now there's actually a place where you can go that's dedicated to the victims of communism. Something that people need to remember was th- is that uh, fascism is not the only badism that has occurred mm. in the world. And right now, from from what I can tell, fascism is pretty much the only ism that we need to be worried about. All the other, well, capitalism too. Mm. That's it's a battle between, and those are basically the same thing. Also. Well, this museum is dedicated to commemorating the more than one hundred victims of communism, but we all know the victims of capitalism sits at least a oh, billion. Well, they couldn't even afford a museum big enough to commemorate that. Yeah. You know. You couldn't get through that museum in a lifetime. Well, you see, this one is for the 100 million victims of communism. Every other victim's museum is de facto a victims of capitalism mm-hmm. museum. So this one's just communism. Well, though. the underlying causes of this communism victim museum is probably capitalism. Yeah. Now... I wonder if they have like a not real communism day <laughs> that they go through. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's go through a few of these other things. Charlie, tell us about Anthony Fauci. I saw Fauci trending on Twitter. Dr. Science. And this has been the first time that I was happy to see it. <laughs> From MSN, Anthony Fauci, the disease expert, um, science himself, mm-hmm. who helped lead America's pandemic response. Yeah. I wouldn't want that title. <laughs> Test positive for COVID-19. That's very sad. Yeah. So he's been vaccinated and boosted twice and is currently experiencing mild symptoms, the agency said in a statement. Appointed director of NIAID in 1984. Jesus, we need some term limits. <laughs> Fauci, who's 81. 81. I got to say the guy looks pretty good for 81. Mm-hmm. Um. He will isolate and continue to work from home, according to the the statement. He is currently the chief medical advisor to President Joe Biden. Well, how about that? Now, okay, we're talking about this. He must have only had six of his masks on instead of seven when he went to talk to someone. Clearly, people still get COVID. And as we've all learned, vaccine vaccines are not meant to prevent you from getting something. And that's one of the common misconceptions that, uh, that we've grown up with was that when you got vaccinated, that it stopped you from getting things. And in fact, it's just, it works as like a therapeutic uh, to make sure that when you do get it, that you don't get really bad most of the time. And that's actually what vaccines are supposed to do. That's right. Um, as, as we know. But Charles, there's also this other thing about the uh, the vaccine in this story from the medical daily yeah uh, severe covid19 is rare in unvaccinated people survey reveals rare in vaccinated people unvaccinated okay weird huh a survey has found that people who did not get the vaccine had a lower rate of suffering severe covid19 amid the pand- uh, pandemic 
The survey uploaded to the preprint server ResearchGate presented data from more than 18,500 respondents from the control group proje- uh, project with more than 300,000 overall participants. An analysis revealed that compared to those who got jabbed, unvaccinated people reported fewer hospitalizations, 30% lower rate. The international survey also found that the unvaccinated people from more than 175 countries were more likely to self-care to prevent and manage COVID-19 infection. They used natural products like vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, uh, quercetin, 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 and drugs such as Allen Iversonmectin and hydroxychloroquine. I was to say that one. <laughs> Hydroxychloroquine. The survey was conducted from September of 2021 through February of 2022. During the period, participants experienced mild to moderate COVID-19 infection and were infrequently hospitalized. Data collected from the survey were analyzed and interpreted by independent international team of scientists led by Robert Verkirk, PhD, the founder and executive uh, and scientific director of Alliance for Natural Health International, Clearly, a bunch of bigots mm-hmm. were leading this study. You know, the people who participated in this study, they were actually able to get a vaccine exemption card that worked in the EU, saying that you were participating in a medical study and you couldn't get vaccinated because you were in the study. And they had something like 400,000 people apply to be in the study. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that worked out for, for those people. Um so the I will say that there's a big limitation with this. Okay, so we get these numbers. We say that they reported fewer hospitalizations than the people who were vaccinated. All right. Uh, now, that's that's cool, and we do have uh, respected medical journals talking about this stuff. Uh, the other thing is, okay, people who are likely to get vaccinated, <clears throat> most likely, are going to be older people and uh, people who have pre-existing conditions uh, first off, it would be people that are mostly and uh, super far left uh, liberals and people who want to go to Italy for their wedding. And those are the people who are most likely to get vaccinated. And and so when you look at the data on this, you could also say, well, a bunch of these people, they're people who overall, they know that they're pretty healthy, maybe not as many older people. And you're comparing that to a large group of older people. Uh, who maybe have worse immune systems. And so I will say, we always talk about the limitations on studies. And when it goes in and our... the nuances. Yeah. So when we when we talk about ones that we uh, disagree with what they found, or we agree with what they found, we always talk about what the limitations are. So always make sure you do that when you're even talking about one that reinforces your own biases. Because if they surveyed me and Nate mm-hmm. in 2021... I actually fared better as a vaccinated person than Nate did as an unvaccinated person. Yes. So between the two of us. So there's always there's always going to be nuances to this. Um, and so my thing is, is that um, I really think that we because of I like data like this because I'm so against mandates that I'm hoping this data reveals to governments around the world that you can you can't mandate people that people should be allowed to take whatever risk they deem necessary whether that risk is getting vaccinated because that's a risk or the risk is being unvaccinated which is also a risk yeah you should be able to make that decision for yourself and not be mandated from the government or restricted from the government from doing things but because you're one or the other 
Okay, so we're going to play a couple videos here. This first one, uh, shifting gears from COVID here for a second. This first one is a clip, a two-minute clip from CNN. And uh, John Berman is talking to the energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, and she's talking about how the big oil companies just trying to make a bunch of profits and they're refusing to put their money into investing uh, in more drilling and all of that. And he actually... And he actually pointed out how stupid her point was on CNN. I thought this was going to be making a dumb bleep. Well, I mean, it is dumb, but I just, we've got a lot of stuff for tomorrow. But just listen to this clip. It's pretty cool. dollars to shareholders. If they had even taken half of that, we're not against profit, obviously. If they had taken just half of that and reinvested it in supply, we would see hundreds more rigs we would see hundreds of thousands more barrels of oil. We're asking them to be in this era where we're on a war mm-hmm. footing to in- consider increasing supply, both do domestically want, and, of want, course, internationally. Do you, five years from now, ten years from now, are you telling me you want them drilling for more oil? You want the refineries putting out more gasoline in five or ten years? What we're saying is today we need that supply increased. Of course, in five or ten years, actually in in the immediate, we are also pressing on the accelerator, if you will, to move toward clean energy so that we don't have to be under the thumb of petrodictators like Putin or at the whim of the volatility of fossil fuels. Ultimately, America will be most secure when we can rely mm-hmm. upon our own clean domestic production of energy. But that's through the problem solar, for these companies. Wind, these through- companies are saying you know, you're asking me to do more now, invest more now, when in fact, five or 10 years from now, we don't think that demand will be there. And the administration doesn't even necessarily want it to be there. Just one last. Okay. That's exactly what we talked about. Exactly. Two days ago. Thank you. What we've been saying this whole time, and I'm sure we're not the only ones that have been saying it, but so she's saying that, well, if they would have just put half this money in, to investing in uh, more refineries or more wells or whatever it is to get more supply profit. We're not against profit. We just think that they should have put half of that towards investing in more refineries and all that, um, that that would have fixed it. And he says, so you want them to be drilling more in five or 10 years? And she says, no, we need that supply. We want them to be doing that for today. We need them to do that. Uh, But we are, and I love how she phrases it. We are pressing on the accelerator, if you will, at uh, accelerating our transition into clean energy. She doesn't say we're pumping the brakes on oil. She says we're pressing on the accelerator towards green energy, meaning uh, she doesn't say even in five or ten years, but immediately we are pressing towards that. And I love that he actually pointed out the flaw in the logic right here, that they should be taking the money that they're making and investing that into new refineries or new wells or whatever it is that they're going to need uh, that are going to get shut down. That's going to be a waste of money. A total waste of money. Yeah. But uh, what I love is we this idea that they should do this for us today because we need it. And so they should do this for us today, right now. But sc- screw them in the future. Yeah. We, don't, we don't care, but it's on them to help us today while we're telling them that we're going to shut them down tomorrow. Why would they do it? I don't know. And this is where a lot of people will come in and be like, okay, well, if it was centrally planned, the government could ramp up, you know, for what we need right now and then shut it down later. But then you're wasting all of that capital on something you know is going to be obsolete 10 to 15 years from now. And so why not 
what I think a lot of these oil companies are doing uh, is they are transitioning. You, if you look at their balance sheets, they're doing a lot of research and development on climate change and different alternative energy instances because they still want to be a company 15 years from now. And so why not take this opportunity and rather than investing in old technology, which is going to be forcefully shut down by the government and put it into something that could uh, uh, bring them a return in the future where they're guaranteed to not have any return because of the, the, the government. It's like, oh, well, you just need to do this out of the goodness of your own heart. And th this could actually lead, uh, interestingly enough, to some more I'll just uh, a wild scenario here: more government-owned uh, refineries or or drilling because they're not gonna. The companies aren't gonna want to do this. Okay, what they could end up doing to help with supply immediately is actually taking some of their profits through the through taxation and then trying to basically pump up some other people with government money to alleviate the problem immediately. Now, what they're actually going to immediately try to do is go to Saudi Arabia, some of the other countries, try to get them to release some more oil to help with everyone. But the everyone knows money. the writing's on the wall right now. They know that this industry, if we continue on the current trajectory, it's going to get shut down. And so, like we talked about a couple days ago, these guys are cashing out right now. And they, they should. They should. I mean, they're literally getting told that they're going to get shut down. Of course you're going to cash out right now. Why wouldn't you? You would do the same thing. You would. If you were holding a stock right now and it was up a couple hundred percent and you knew that in a, in a day it was going to be back, it was going to go to zero. Like, well, would you just hold it to help the stock, to, to help everyone else? Or are you going to sell? Mm. What are you going to do? You're going to get out of it. And that's what these people are probably going to try to do. It's greed. It's just pure greed. Pure greed, man. By the way, I have that <laughs> clip. Uh, you want to play a second of that I'm Rand clip about her yeah. uh, oil? Yeah, we mentioned this a couple days ago, too. I made a TikTok video for it. Um, this is the kind of attitude I have about these people. And uh, I wanted to play this real quick. So this is Phil Donahue talking to Ayn Rand. And so let's play what she has to say. This is back during now, the last energy crisis. Yeah. You have to let me explain. All right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be real talented and charismatic, and I'm going to develop a lot of wealth. And pretty soon, nobody's going to be able to compete with me because I've already purchased all my competitors. And now I have dictatorial power over people, and I can name the price of bacon or price of oil or whatever it is, the commodity I'm selling. You know, I agree with you that you're very talented, and you could accomplish a great deal and already have. But you're talking about the impossible. In a free society, nobody can become a monopolist or a dictator. The system itself, the free market, will destroy you. How, how do you explain mobile oil, Exxon? How do you explain the prices that they're able to charge for it? I think that they're stupid appeasers who get too little and put up with too much. Who, the oil companies? Yes. You, you now, <laughs> yes, here you have to let me explain. All right. If President Carter's own policy admits that we need the oil company, and that the lack of oil is a serious national crisis, right. which might lead to the stoppage of all industry. If that is what we need, by what right can we tell those men, go ahead and produce what we want, while we're insulting you, while we're trying to control your business, and while you're, we're not leaving you that which you produced? If we need the oil companies, 
we have only one of two choices. Either we produce oil ourselves, and no government has ever done it or can do it, or we have to accept the oil company's terms, pay them whatever they can get. The more they get, the more credit to them, because that means the country needs it and pays them. They produce something needed by the people. And we must say thank you instead of proposing to put a tax on them in order to give the money to the government who does nothing. The government doesn't contribute anything except impediments. All right. But if... Boom. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't think they're getting enough. I love Ayn Rand. She's my favorite. Mm. Everyone can tell that, I'm sure. <clears throat> okay. They weren't, they weren't asking for enough. Yeah, I love problem. that. I love that kind of non-apologetic. Just yeah, good credit to them. Good for them. I'm glad they're getting as much money. They should be getting more. Well, and what she was explaining before is that at the, in the free market, as the prices rise, right, and it becomes more economically viable for different competition to come in the in the market, like fracking, for instance, uh, then the supply increases, prices come down, and normalizes, and then that, like in a free market, it's impossible for there to be a dictatorial ship of the oil companies and i said companies plural <laughs> for them to operate and just charge whatever they want because as prices increase and it's a free market other people are able to come in and compete and lower the price increase the supply but we don't have that right now we don't have we that. control the supply mm -hmm. by controlling the companies and so you can't just come in freely into the market and decide that you're going to be one of the suppliers i couldn't drill for oil right now on my own property it would take you years and years and hundreds of millions of dollars to be able to do it to get the permits so the leases so I think that's one business idea that we should give up on right now. Yeah. I think drilling for oil, I think it's too late. I scratched and that one off I know, the list. I know he called me the other day real excited about drilling for oil, and I just don't <laughs> think we should do it. Okay, the next thing here from the New York Times, and then we have a video, another video from MSNBC we'll play here in a second. Okay, this, tar this article is called Normalizing Mass Hysteria. So I saw that on the New York Times homepage, and I was like, whoa. They must have let one of these crazy, like, right-wing opinion articles in here where everyone's talking about this age of everyone being hysterical about all these things going on in the country with climate change and COVID and all this. No, nope, this is an article about people believing Trump's election lie. So let's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go through some of this. There were relatively limited and brief hysterias, like the Dancing Plague of 1518, never heard about that one, when hundreds of people in the European city of Strasbourg joined in a seemingly inexplicable dancing epidemic that lasted for weeks as people fell dead of strokes and heart attacks. Have you ever heard of this? Never heard of it. What? Strasbourg. Yeah, that's... Never heard of it. The her. dancing epidemic. Wow. What he's talking about right now, by the way, is uh, a mass... Uh, psychosis <laughs> the, mm. that was going on here from the New York Times. And who can forget the Salem witch trials in the late 1600s after multiple people were accused of practicing witchcraft. 19 were hanged, several died in jail, and another one was crushed to death. I remember that. Yeah. That was taught. And then uh, someone was hit with a fire extinguisher and died. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Trying to put the fire out. There also has been curious hysterias with fewer fatalities, like the Tanzania laughing epidemic of 1962, when hundreds of school children experienced bouts of hysterical laughter. <laughs> where, where do you find all these crazy 
mass hysterias that happened. Uh, anyway, that, that episode lasted for about a year, affecting as many as several thousand people, but no one died from the laughter. As they say, laughter is the best medicine. Mm. As strange, frightening, and even deadly as some of these episodes were, they weren't particularly widespread, and they didn't threaten national security or international stability. But I would argue we're now living in an age of political mass hysteria, one that, while led by Donald Trump's election lies, encompasses the fanatical campaigns casting trans people as groomers, history teachers as indoctrinators, and COVID precautions as politically toxic. But we're not saying (laughs) they They... They're coming right out and saying it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing Especially is. Especially like history teachers as indoctrinators. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. Like you, like I've seen the videos where the, the teachers themselves are like, oh, you're, you're going to blame me for indoctrinating your children? That's right, I am. Of course I am. I'm going to teach them the right way. And they, that's, not, just, that's one video you saw on Libs of TikTok, okay? Hmm. I love how they mention COVID precautions as part of the being upset about COVID precautions as mass hysteria. Mm. It's the people who are upset about the COVID lockdowns and masks that were the hysterical people. Yeah. Okay. I love the gaslighting. It's so good. Not the people who were. No, not the other, not the flip side of that. No, no. It's the people that were upset about that. Who are the ones that are suffering from mass hysteria? Mm. For Trump, the ability to induce mass hysteria has become a superpower. And the Republican Party gave him... I don't even know what that that word is. Suker. (laughs) While the platform of the presidency, with the assistance of uh, right-wing media, helped blanket the Republican base in falsity. Millions of people fell under the spell of Trump's lies and remain convinced of them to this day. His lies have been used to incite an insurrection in which people were injured and some died to push through a wave of voter suppression bills in counties across the country and to help his Republican acolytes win elections. Now, these same people (laughs) still believe that Trump was involved with the Russians. Yeah, yeah. Well, they all... Okay. So earlier, earlier in the article... Uh, believing that uh, history teachers, for instance, were indoctrinators, like believing that, then you're part of the mass hysteria. Believing uh, that there's people grooming kids uh, that's part of the mass hysteria uh, that's going on. But then he talks about the Trump mass hysteria and uses the voter suppression bills across the country that he caused and the insurrection that he caused to be part of it. I just love how the things that they believe are not any form of mass hysteria mm-hmm. at all. And it's the people who are actually upset about those things who are hysterical, which is, this is literally gaslighting, calling people hysterical uh, that are, you know, upset about something and treating them like they're the crazy people. Yeah. So this all raises to me a profound and frightening series of questions. Can a lie in periods like this one be stronger than the truth? That's what he's concerned about is the truth. I have faith that history will properly diagnose this moment, and many who now occupy high places will be brought low by it. But in the present, without a perspective that time and distance can provide, is fantasy more seductive than reality? 
Is, is he asking himself these questions? I'm not sure. <laughs> is it more exhilarating to destroy something than to hold it together? Democracy, yes. They're, they're just really, <laughs> he's really asking because people on the left have no idea what it is to want to destroy something rather than holding it together. Hmm. They don't understand this idea, the Republicans who want to destroy our country. They just don't understand that standpoint because here they are trying to hold it together. You see, you got people on the left, they're trying to hold everything together. And they're then, the true believers in democracy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything Trump stood for was a destruction of democracy. For many Republicans, the truth that the country was becoming more brown and less white, that the electorate was moving away from them, that they were losing control over American culture was no longer tenable. That's what everything is, is really all about right there. Untruth, therefore, grew more alluring. For conservatives, lies that offered comfort became more digestible than truths that demanded adaptation. For conservatives, lies that offer comfort became more digestible than truth that demanded adaptation. Mm. This is a, a uh, gaslighting extravaganza right now. And projection, gaslighting, Beautiful, eh, same, Beautifully same. done. That's, I'm, yeah, it's really good. I'm convinced that the more these Republicans are condemned for their Trump fixation, the tighter they will cling to it, just as soldiers close ranks when they come under attack. But, uh... Many of them are titillated by the vexation of liberals. Anything that leaves liberals straining for explanation and flummoxed is wanted and worth it. For them, Trump provided... Now, some of the stuff he's saying about Trump, and we've been pretty clear on this in the, in the past, you... Okay, if you just listen for the first time today and you're like a hardcore Trump supporter, we welcome you. Thank you for being here. We do appreciate it. But we do not follow... Uh, the uh, the cult leader that you guys follow, okay? We ain't on the Trump train. We're not on the Trump train. We're on the Liberty train, and not and not specifically for any one person who we think is going to bring liberty to the masses, or that everything they do is correct, or everyone is against. And okay, some of Trump's policies fit on the train. Some of them do. Yeah, mm-hmm. deregulation. Yeah, lowering yeah. taxes. I like that. Mm -hmm. For them, Trump provided another way to recast racism as patriotism. Of course. He gave derangement direction. For them, he made mass hysteria chic. Mm. Made it cool, you know, it's trendy. It's a good thing. Mass hysteria vibes. Now, the... No cap. No cap, it's chic. (laughs) For show. All right. Now, so uh, no, for shows too old, man. Um, dang it. That was definitely you're showing your millennial. I know age now. Old millennial too. <laughs> okay, so the obvious, the obvious hypocrisy uh, that's being exhibited here. Uh, we'll have to talk about that for a minute. The left doesn't have any mass hysterias that they that they go by. Right? There's nothing that that they're just kind of crazy about. Um, like any of the things that they just like the voter suppression thing. Okay, or like don't say gay. You know, like that, that's the thing. My wife asked me, she was like, so what's the deal with this don't say gay bill uh, from, from Florida? Because I, I showed her the video of DeSantis calling Musk an African-American. Well, you can't, you can't say gay. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, DeSantis. Oh yeah. He's the one with the, uh, the, the don't say gay bill, right? It's deeply closeted. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she was like, what's the deal behind that? And I was like, well, here's the text. Um, you can't encourage conversation about sexual orientation to uh, pre-K to third graders. Yeah. 
they're there you go it's four to ten year olds that's uh that's that's basically it yeah. <laughs> okay she's like well, I'm gonna, she's like, that sounds kind of reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's kind of reasonable. I'm telling you, I'm not right gay. About that. <laughs> so what about... Uh, like, I just Every time you say that, I'm just reminded of Norm McDonald. I know. <laughs> being a closeted gay man. I love... He had uh, Judge Judy on his show uh, that he had on Netflix uh, before, he, before he died, uh, clearly. I uh, had Judge Judy on there, and, and she said, I've learned a lot about you, you know, that like that you're a deeply closeted gay man. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. What about, like, climate change? Like, we're all going to die soon, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, you know what we should do? We should crash, like, the entire world's economy and throw a bunch of people into desperation, millions of people into starvation in countries that people pretend to care about but don't actually care about unless they want to talk about whether or not they're actually an african-american or not but the, the you know just a lot of people going to starvation and um and not having enough money for our our welfare programs to help everyone jobs going away all that because of our climate change complete rationality and logic of course not hysteria Mm-mm. at all or just look at the, when trump was president i mean i feel like that's easy enough that this was the, literally a fascist totalitarian dictator involved in the Russian KOB or K, uh, KGB. He was a he was a, a Putin plant, the PP, installed as a Republican president here in the United States that was going to bring about uh, the the complete destruction of democracy, and in fact, he was impeached for it. Yeah. And it turns out through three years of investigation, the whole thing, the entire thing was hysteria. Yeah. All of it. And they still won't back down from that. Or you mentioned the don't say gay bill, right? With DeSantis, there was a Twitter thread with a bunch of people mad at Elon Musk that he was leaning towards DeSantis and like, oh, I thought you were about free speech. How about don't say gay? <laughs> How could you be a, the proponent for free speech if you're backing a guy who won't allow you to say gay? I'm like that like all of the hysteria that we experienced from 2016 to 2020 from from the other side. Now, there were some legitimate concerns, I would say on a few things, like raising tariffs mm-hmm. and, and normal I, but policy positions. Surprisingly, positions. there wasn't much hysteria over the tariffs. No. <laughs> <laughs> or dropping the Moab in Syria or whatever, or Iran. I believe they dropped it. I don't know. They definitely didn't drop it in Iran. I believe it was in Afghanistan. But Afghanistan or Syria, one or the other. I'm not sure which one it was. I think it was, was in Syria after the alleged chemical yeah. attacks on Assad's own people. It wasn't Russia or Ukraine, and those are the only countries that you have to care about. So, so that's all of, the, Yeah. It's just, it's mind boggling how they, and, you know, reading something like this. They actually believe it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this guy or gal, whoever wrote this, for this, I believe this is opinion piece, right? Well, they're hysterical. I mean, they, they literally say that when history looks back on this moment, this period of time, they believe that it's going to be written in their favor. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Well, when it comes to the election, stolen election thing, I do think they're going to get some... I do think they're going to get some points from whether or not Trump has actually just known this entire time that the election wasn't stolen, uh, but he was maybe just trying to raise money, uh, which which I we were never on the complete stolen election train. We've always said it's possible, 
uh, but that haven't seen any proof of it yet. And so they've been well, doing thought, this whole J6 hearing thing. Magoo but, made a good point in the live group here. He said, if my choices are the president with the lowest approval rating of my lifetime, who didn't campaign with the vice president, who didn't get one nomination during the general election, and the Time magazine printed an article taking credit for the election, or we had the most secure election electing the most popular president in U.S. history, which one are you going with? Um, that's the most secure election. <laughs> it's the most popular president in U.S. history. nothing nefarious about it. 81 million votes. Ever. Yeah. I mean, the guy, like Biden was the guy mm-hmm. who was just a good old Joe. Yeah. And, and so when you put it, you know, when you talk about the 81 million votes, you can definitely say, well, that does sound like a far, that sounds kind of like a stretch. But I also think the hatred for Trump was so strong that you essentially got all of the Democrats made sure that they went out there and voted and a lot of the independents and even some Republicans switched over uh, to make sure they could vote against Trump. So I do think there's a reason the count was so high. Uh, But yeah, was some of it made up? Sure. Some of it's made up all the time. I don't, I haven't seen They just arrested somebody in Pennsylvania. Really? No, I don't think it was for the presidential election. Okay. But it was, I believe it was a state senator in Pennsylvania that was arrested for other election fraud. Now, speaking of uh, another hysteria thing, what about 2020? Was there any hysteria in 2020 that anyone experienced? I could either be talking about riots or protests. Most of them were peaceful. Or I could be talking about COVID and all the hysteria regarding that. Was there any hysteria? No. In fact, the people who were upset about the government response, those are the hysterical people. They're the crazy people. And that's why, you, you know, a lot of people fall victim to this whole gaslighting thing. But it's, it's, it's pretty cool when you see someone working it out like this. You get to see how people are, do this so easily. Personal story from the, the whole COVID hysteria thing. I have a family member who uh, refused to give me a hug uh, on, uh, a month ago. A month ago because I had not been vaccinated, who refused to give me a hug because of the danger. This family member uh, was also a doctor and refused to give me a hug because I had not been vaccinated. Now, there are tons of studies showing that whether or not you are vaccinated or not, you can catch and spread COVID, that there's little difference between the two. And, uh, but still just no hug, no hug for you one year because you did not get vaccinated because it's, it's too dangerous. Think about all the just people that died that. without their loved ones. Mm-hmm. That's another, that's another crazy one. You know, my, my, uh, friend, uh, neighbor who, who died, uh, you know, she died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital and her husband wasn't allowed to ride in the ambulance on the way there, but, uh, she was awake when she got in the ambulance at the house and she ended up coding on the way there and he didn't get to be there when that happened because it was too dangerous for him to ride in the ambulance. Mm. Just couldn't do it. That kind of thing is uh, disgusting. I'd be John Q in it, I think. It's a little bit of hysteria <laughs> going on there. Okay, going on with a little bit oh, more. Well, I want to make sure I got this right real quick, just so you know. The person who was arrested was a former Democratic rep who served two terms in Congress uh, from 1977 to 1990. Uh, he is accused of bribing Dominic DeMuro 
who is the top election official in South Philadelphia's 39th Ward, during primaries between 2014 and 2016. Okay. He is accused of uh, bribing to stuff uh, ballots, uh, charged with bribery and ballot stuffing. And Magoo made another good point in the live group. He said the way Trump's opposition acted the entire time he was in office, uh, remove my ability to think they are being truthful when talking about the election. And he says they did that, not Trump. And I was actually, I was thinking the same thing while Charlie was talking earlier, that so many people now are assuming that what everyone is saying about Trump when it comes to the election, January 6th, all that, that they're just making this up to make him look bad. And why is that? It's very logical reason. Look at the Russia gate scandal the whole time. Look at uh, fine people on both sides the whole time. There's even been some, some doctored footage and phone calls uh, from the very first January 6th hearing where the, he was talking about there was so much love in the air and it was, a, it was amazing and beautiful and they're, they're playing footage of the riots at the Capitol happening at the same time. And uh, you go further back in the speech and he was talking about at his rally, like at, at his speech, that's what they were talking about. When he, when he said that, not what he was talking about, the, the riot that happened at the Capitol. Mm. And so they're still doing it and now. He even, he even condemned the violence and told people he, to go home. He did, yeah. But uh, that's what happens when you cry wolf so many times or you lie to people so many times, even if they are telling that if, if every single thing they're doing right now is truthful, I don't even care anymore because I can't trust a word these people say. That's why I haven't tuned into the January 6th hearings one time. This whole, because what you're going to believe what they're saying. I don't believe anything that they're saying. Why would I? I don't believe anything any of them are saying, but especially these people. Why would I? That, that would be, that would be pretty sad to have someone repeatedly lie to you about this person numerous times. And then you're just like, oh, well, I bet they're telling the truth now. Mm -hmm. I bet they are. Okay, speaking of hysteria, so one thing going on with the Supreme Court. So um, Justice uh, Thomas's wife is in hot water, and maybe even Clarence Thomas is going to be in hot water. And uh, New York Times is saying they've got emails between uh, Thomas's wife and one of the Trump lawyers, and that they were actively, she was actively trying to get them to overturn the election, basically. And the idea is that she was going to be putting pressure on her husband uh, to also help do that. Now, they haven't released all the emails or anything yet, but the story is that there are emails. All right. And so MSNBC, clearly objective and very worried about this whole thing. Let's play a couple minutes of this, uh, them reacting. I just thought it was beautiful. Ginny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, sent to lawyer John Eastman. Well, the New York Times is reporting on another email exchange, this one from Eastman to another pro-Trump lawyer. While discussing efforts to get the Supreme Court to hear an election case from Wisconsin, Eastman reportedly wrote to another pro-Trump lawyer, quote, so the odds are not based on the legal merits, but an assessment of the justices' spines. And I understand there is a heated fight underway. 
the pro-Trump attorney, Kenneth Chesborough, replied, odds of action before January 6th will become more favorable if the justices start to fear that there will be wild chaos on January 6th, unless they rule by then. Either way, that exchange took place on December 24th, five days after Trump tweeted for his followers to come to the Capitol on January 6th, posting, quote, will be wild. I mean, just before we go any further, I want to point out that what they're talking about and what they're going to talk about is the fact that they pointed out through these emails that they wanted to put pressure on the Supreme Court justices uh, before they had this decision to to make make on this, (laughs) to scare them into voting in that in a certain direction. Okay. Now, just a little bit of what they have to say afterwards. Joe, it's just, uh, it's really what they're putting together, by the way, is fascinating. But this Jenny Thomas angle is so troubling to me. And I I know that, you know, a a wife and a husband can have two separate careers and lives, but she's married to a Supreme Court justice. And the types of emails and texts that she's sending out are extremely disturbing. Well, not only that, uh, she is trying actively to undermine the Constitution of the United States. She's trying actively uh, to undermine the rule of law. She's trying actively to undermine a peaceful transition. The emails that they played, by the way, that they were talking about, those were not between Thomas and the other person. They're between one person, Eastman, and another person, not with Thomas. But they talk about those and then, Not even with Thomas's wife. <laughs> from one presidency to the next, she's trying to, to, to throw out the votes of 80 million Americans to, to, to negate them. Uh, and George Conway, uh, you look at what Donald Trump's lawyer, who she's texting with, uh, what he and his uh, cohort are talking about. Um, there's a tidy little definition for it. It's called fascism. I mean, you could call it mob mm-hmm. rule, but this is just pure, 100% proof uh, fascism where you have <laughs> Trump's lawyer going, you know, we may not win on the merits. Another guy going, yeah, but with the mob rule, if there's enough chaos, if the justices are intimidated, even though we don't have the law on our side, Maybe we can intimidate them through force and violence to rule our way. (laughs) Fascism, isn't it, George? Absolutely. I mean, it's a completely (laughs) lawless view of the world. And thankfully, the Supreme Court. I think I remember all these Jan Six people protesting outside of the Supreme Court justice's house. (laughs) That's what I think I remember happening. It's fascism. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is fascism. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Lawless, complete mob rule, <laughs> trying to intimidate the Supreme Court justices. Yeah, this is just pure proof fascism. <laughs> mob rule? That's, there's, okay, there's a reason we started off the podcast the way we did, and that's because there's more than one bad ism out there in the world, but they only see, they only know of one, two, capitalism also, but they tie that in with fascism. But everything bad is in fact fascism to to these people. It was kind of funny. I looked up the definition of fascism earlier just to try and get it. And when they go to 
using uh, recent examples of being used in a sentence. This is on Merriam-Webster's dictionary. The Ukrainian army is currently defending the entire civilized world from fascism. <laughs> anyway, just a yeah. little extra tidbit there for the you. The Nazis in Ukraine <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. are currently fighting <laughs> for the world. They're fighting against fascism. Fa- fascism. So, it, yeah, the, that's exactly who I would pick to fight fascism too. Nazis. They're the best. They know them the best. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the theme today has been one. There's more than one badism, and also uh, watch out for the gaslighting uh, that's coming from Gaslight NBC for sure. Now, it's not to say if they were they were actually trying to intimidate the Supreme Court justices to vote one way or the other. That's not correct. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say that I condone that no, behavior. No. However, uh, was burning down the whole country <laughs> after George Floyd? Was that not a, was not that, that wasn't mob rule? Well, what, trying to sway the opinion they'll of say, the government? They'll say this and then they'll probably switch to another segment where they defend people protesting and intimidating the justices outside their homes. Outside their homes. And they won't even have any type of like glitch in their brain about it Mm -mm. at all. Nothing. There's no conflicts in their brain that happen when all those little neurons are firing. They celebrate the person who leaked the opinion (laughs) as a whistleblower. And, oh man. Okay. So we'll just end this off there with, with Gaslight NBC because it's, uh, it's now 2.30 p.m. There's a lot of gaslighting in this episode. It's a tons, tons. Right. And to end with Gaslight NBC like that? I y'all mean, need, man. Y'all, y'all need to be careful. You need to understand what it is so that when you encounter it, you're not swayed. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's why we do this every single day of the week when we want to. So as Nate said, smash that follow button. And if you like today's episode, as I know that you did, Make sure you share it with a friend or 10. One friend or 10 friends. Mm -hmm. That's your only options. You can't do zero and you can't do like six. It's either one or 10. And I'm hoping for 10. Mm -hmm. I hope you believe in us that much. The numbers are going back up. We did have a little slump there. At the beginning of the year, we did. For a little bit. We kind of dipped with the market. (laughs) (laughs) We did. Everything was dipping. Yeah. Uh, but now the market's continuing to go down. We're going back up. We appreciate every single one of you for tuning in and sharing the show and spreading the message of liberty. There's a lot of good things, I think, to look forward to. And then also we love calling out what's happening around the world. So leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. And if you do all of those things, go to mastermindtrades.com, join gmail.com. We'll be back again tomorrow for Dumbly for the Week. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty. Liberty.